Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial market and with a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color Podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This here is episode number 50, and this week we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 14th week of 2023, and that is from Monday the 3rd to Thursday the 6th of April. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States, where the job market is finally beginning to show signs of a slowdown. This was confirmed by the Labor Department, which on Friday reported that non-farm payrolls grew by 236,000 new jobs in the month of March. And this is compared to an upwardly revised number of 326,000 new jobs that were created in the previous month of February. Meanwhile, the unemployment rate ticked lower to 3.5% as the labor force participation rate increased to 62.6%, which is its highest level since the COVID pandemic. The jobs growth in the month of March was the lowest since December 2020 and comes on the back of persistent efforts by the Federal Reserve to slow down the demand for labor in order to contain inflation, which remains way above the Fed's target level of 2%. In the U.S. stock market, the New York Stock Exchange was closed for Good Friday. However, on Thursday, tech stocks lifted the S&P 500 into positive territory as the market wrapped up a short trading week on a high note. Despite signs that the labor market was slowing down, the S&P 500 rose 0.36% to close at 4,105, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite outperformed with a gain of 0.76% to end at 12,087, whilst the Dow Jones Industrial Average initially lost more than 150 points before recouping all its losses to close the session a tad bit higher at 33,485. However, for the week, the S&P 500 dipped 0.1%, posting its first weekly loss in the past four weeks. 
Meanwhile, the tech-heavy Nasdaq fell 1.1% for the week, while the 30-stock Dow Jones managed to squeak out a small gain of 0.6%. In the U.S. bond market, the yields on U.S. treasuries ticked upwards during the half-day trading session on Friday. And this was after the March jobs report indicated that the U.S. labor market was slowing down, which suggested that the Federal Reserve may ease its aggressive monetary tightening policy. The yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note jumped 10 basis points to 3.93%, while the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond added 8 basis points to 3.37%. Please note one basis point is equivalent to 0.01% and therefore 100 basis points is equivalent to one percentage point. For your information, the Consumer Price Index for March is due out on Wednesday this week and the U.S. Federal Reserve is in between a rock and a hard place as higher interest rates could trigger an economic recession but on the other hand, posing its monetary tightening policy could further embed inflation expectations and make it more difficult to achieve its inflation target rate of 2%. In the commodity markets, last week on Sunday, OPEC Plus, that is the Organization for Petroleum Exporting Countries, plus its allies, which include Russia, announced that it was slashing its production output by a further 1.16 million barrels per day. And as a result, oil prices spiked by more than 6%, recording their biggest gain in over the past one year. The surprise production cuts, coupled with declining U.S. inventories, saw the price of oil post its third consecutive week of gains as the international benchmark Brent crude settled at $84.86 U.S. a barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate closed at $80.47 U.S. per barrel. Meanwhile, the price of Marban oil, which Kenya imports, increased from $78.71 U.S. the previous week to $86.30 U.S. per barrel this week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold gave up some of its earlier gains on Thursday, but was still on track for a positive week, having risen more than 2% and surpassed the key level of $2,000 per ounce. And at the close of the trading session, spot gold was down 0.7% and was last seen trading at $2,006 per ounce. For your information, gold is still seen as a hedge against inflation, but higher interest rates tend to increase the opportunity cost of holding the non-yielding asset. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets, and we start by looking at the foreign exchange market, where during the past week, the Kenyan shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained stable and resilient versus the regional currencies. According to the central bank, the Kenya shilling was trading at 133.30 versus the US dollar compared to 132.13 the previous week. 
However, commercial banks were selling the US dollar at between 136 shillings on the lower side to 144 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 166.30 and the euro was valued at 145.88. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 28.40 Ugandan shillings and 17.60 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.29. My view is that the Kenya shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future as the country remains weighed down by foreign external debts, as our debt-to-GDP ratio is now above 70%, and as debt repayments consume more than 65% of revenue collections. It is therefore no surprise that the Treasury is now unable to pay salaries on time. On foreign exchange reserves, during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves increased by $20 million to $6.446 billion, US dollars, which is equivalent to 3.6 months of import cover. This amount falls below the required threshold and is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have now dropped to their lowest level in the past 10 years, and this is the result of increased foreign debt repayments, coupled with the country's inability to access the international financial markets due to the high cost of U.S. dollar debt. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market improved significantly during the past week as government payments into the market exceeded and more than offset tax remittances to the government. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 9.5 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 8.03% compared to 7.69% the previous week. And during the week, the average value traded increased from 20.6 billion shillings the previous week to 26.1 billion shillings this week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Wednesday, the 5th of April, and the central bank received bids totaling 32.3 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings representing a performance of 135%. The central bank ended up accepting almost the entire amount by taking in 32.28 billion shillings. Meanwhile, interest rates increased marginally but remained stable as the bulk of bids, about 25 billion shillings, was focused on the 91-day treasury bill, which finally broke above the 10% level as it rose 9.7 basis points to settle at 10.004%. In contrast, the 182-day rate dipped by 3.1 basis points to trade at 10.36%, while the 364-day rate inched up by 5.7 basis points to settle at 10.80%. Again, just a reminder, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01% and 
and therefore 100 basis points is equivalent to 1%. In the primary bond market, the auction for the reopened 10-year fixed coupon treasury bond was held on Wednesday the 5th of April and the central bank received bids totaling 3.5 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 20 billion shillings, representing a dismal performance of about 18%. The central bank ended up accepting 3.3 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 12.502%. That is the coupon for this bond that has 5.8 years left to maturity. And here is a summary of the key interest rates in the Kenyan financial markets. The central bank rate, which is the rate that the central bank uses to signal and transmit its monetary policy intentions, is currently at 9.5%. Meanwhile, the interbank rate, which represents the basic cost of funds and is the rate at which commercial banks borrow and lend money to each other, is now hovering at around 8.3%. And on the investment side, the 91-day Treasury bill rate, which represents the risk-free rate of return and is the rate at which government borrows money from the public, is now trading at 10%. And on the cost of living, Kenya's rate of inflation is now at 9.2%, which means that the price of goods and services are that much higher compared to last year. The rate of inflation is also a good indicator of the minimum rate required for any investment to deliver a positive real rate of return. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange, the equities market was on an upward trajectory, with the NASI and NSC20 both increasing by 0.9%, while the NSC25 increased by 1.1%, during the past week. Market capitalization increased by 1%, whilst equity turnover and total shares traded declined by 40% and 36% respectively. In the bond market, bond turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by 65% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds declined by an average of 5.2 basis points, but the yield on the 2024 eurobond increased by 24 basis points. On Kenya's national debt, according to data from the central bank, Kenya's debt as of January 2023 stood at 9.18 trillion shillings, and this was equally divided between domestic debt, which stood at 4.5 trillion shillings, and foreign external debt that was valued at $37.63 billion, which is equivalent to 4.68 trillion shillings. And this is at an implied exchange rate of 124.37 to the US dollar. In the headlines this past week, the Kenya shilling has been ranked as one of the worst performing currencies in Africa. According to the latest analysis, the Kenya shilling has shed more than 14% of its value over the past 12 months and is now ranked as the fifth worst performing currency on the continent. However, our own analysis using the real exchange rate, 
which is currently at 140 shillings per US dollar, indicates that the Kenyan shilling has actually depreciated by more than 20% in the past 12 months. The shilling's depreciation has mainly been attributed to the country's excessive national debt, which is estimated to be over 70% of the gross domestic product. Kenya is now categorized as being at a high risk of debt distress as debt repayments consume more than 65% of revenue collections and its sovereign credit rating has recently been downgraded by two global rating agencies. Next up is the topical issue and this week we're looking at the World Bank concerns about Kenya. The World Bank is concerned about Kenya's ability to refinance its 2 billion euro bond, which matures in June 2024. In its latest economic outlook for sub-Saharan Africa, the World Bank noted that there was a significant increase in refinancing risk due to the higher US dollar interest rates that have locked out most emerging market countries from the global financial markets. Kenya's debut eurobond, which was issued in 2014 at a coupon rate of 6.875%, is now trading in the double digits and was last recorded hovering just above 14%. The National Treasury, through the 2023 Budget Policy Statement, indicated its intention to utilize concessional loans to fund the bullet repayment of $2 billion that falls due in June 2024. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories, that is Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a fantastic week ahead. And remember, you cannot be lonely if you like the person you're alone with. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.